Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Greenman and Milner Show podcast, episode 18, with the WBO middleweight champion of the world, Savannah Marshall. And Sam, boxing is your forte. You love mm. it. Mm. Um, Savannah, is she the best female boxer in the world right now? Um, tough question. Uh, definitely. I mean, if she, she if she isn't right now, she will be in twelve months' time. No problem. No problem at all. She's got the world at her feet. She's. Um, I mean, she could batter you, Johnny. It. She. She would absolutely tear you a new one. It's terrifying. But no, it, she's she's a world champion, both amateur and professional. So she she has got the world at her feet. I was slightly starstruck when she first came on the um, on the stream, but um, I got over it. Rolled with the punch, and that is Excellent. a pun. That is a pun. Yeah. I think that's the first pun I've ever used on this show. Yeah, well, it is a, episode eighteen. It's about time that we do have a Sam on the pun. Eighteen. Um, wow. We get a twenty before we know it, Sam. But um, Savannah's rise to the top. Um, I think she was quite underwhelming about how well she's done, but it it, it was quite interesting to say, as obviously her here about Rio twenty sixteen and obviously a first round defeat, and then really considering quitting boxing until the old probably the best boxer in the world of all time. Is that an argument to say that? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's the only fighter to ever beat Clarissa Shields in the amateurs or the professional game. But then she had the crippling disappointment not once but twice in the Olympics at London and Rio. And it was, she didn't perform anywhere near to her level. But um, I think she's got that behind her now. And she, with some great people around her and the likes of Peter Fury, who you'll hear is just, she, she kind of like idolises him in a sense, didn't she? But, she she will go. I mean, I implore you if you don't know who she is listening to this, and this is your kind of introduction to her. Support her, go along with the journey because um, over the next 12, 24 months, it's going to be an exciting time. It is going to be a very exciting time. Hopefully, we'll be able to see Savannah in a ring whilst in a stadium because obviously, we're getting to hopefully the start of 2021 very, very soon. And hopefully, that it can be a lot better than majority of 2020 has been but she talked about that night at Newcastle where she fought and she won and then she obviously mentions that fight um, against Rankin uh, on the Usyk Chisora card which obviously is pay-per-view mm. Lewis Ritson gets a big mention he's a person that we won on the on the uh, on the show and hopefully we can sort that out maybe who knows we'll keep um, trying we'll keep trying we'll keep banging the door you never know uh, we might get an answer but uh yeah, big thanks to our sponsors, Beer52, beer52.com forward slash NFT, where you can get eight free cans of beer, IPA, stouts, um, all sorts with their Beer52. And again, a, a big thanks to them, especially in 2020, where it has been very, very difficult. But Sam... Saw me through lockdown one, did Beer52. Uh, and it's seen I... you through lockdown two as well, by the look of it. Oh, hashtag lashdown two, lash harder. That's what it's all about. Yeah, no, cracking stuff on Beer52. Um, monthly subscription, cancel any time. Really flexible, really great taste in great choice of beers. And they do 
some extra products as well, including a lovely looking advent calendar, which a beer a day for 24 days. Oh, yes, please. Exactly. So if you're over 18 and you can drink responsibly, um, I would fully recommend the beer advent calendar from beer32.com forward slash NFTV. Well, it's time for the main event. Both myself and Sam Milner is the WBO middleweight champion, Savannah Marshall. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Greenman and Milner show here on Newcastle Fans TV. I am your host, Jonathan Greenman, alongside my co-host, Sam Milner. We have got the WBO middleweight champion with us this evening. It's a big welcome to Savannah Marshall. Savannah, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, lads. How does that sound? Just before I bring Sam into it, how does that sound? WBO middleweight champion. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, it doesn't. It's a bit surreal. It's a bit wow. It's, it's a good me. title before you know. Sam, I can't call you anything apart from Sam Mulner. So how are you this evening? Yeah, there's yeah, <laughs> there's no champion involved with that. I'm good. I'm just so chuffed to finally have Savannah on. I mean, I, it was in my mind for months to try and get her on this show. And then, obviously, we knew she was due to fight for the world title. And then it got put back. And then it got postponed. Yeah. Luckily, it was only mm -hmm. two weeks. And now here we are with the champion of the world. It's uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's bloody great, isn't it? Hello. <laughs> It is fantastic. We've got we've got we'll talk through the journey of how you got to becoming middleweight champion of the world. But Sam, um, boxing is your passion more than myself. Yeah. Obviously, I know a bit about me boxing, but for people that don't know, how big of a deal is this to get Savannah on tonight? Um, quite possibly. I mean, we could be sat here in a year or two time, and Savannah's the biggest name in female boxing by a mile, and just the most talented female boxer on the planet for me and I'm not saying that just because she's listening and she could batter <laughs> me with, with one arm back, tied behind her back but um, the performance against Hannah Rankin the other week was um, pitch perfect and and, su and absolutely superb. I mean Savannah was she tougher than you expected because she swallowed some shots off you? Um, I knew I knew I know I knew I was a bit, I, I knew, well, I know I'm a better boxer than Hannah. And one thing that Hannah has got is, yeah, she's got a lot of heart and she's tough. Um, so for me, I knew I could hurt her and I knew I could outbox her, but it was just, it was more of the fact of, I could have made it an easy night or I could have made it a hard night, if you know what I mean. Um, and... I wanted the stoppage because obviously she's never been stopped before. So from that perspective, it would have been great for me. But sometimes when you want something, you want it a bit too much. So there was all these like motions and things like, you know, just keep you cool, just stick to the game plan. And it, it worked out every, uh, the way I wanted it. So I couldn't have asked for a better, a better result, really. Of course. We'll go into a bit more detail about that later on. Mm -hmm in the show but how did the love of boxing come about savannah obviously a, a local girl from hartlepool mm. not a million miles away from lovely newcastle sunny newcastle but uh why boxing what is it about boxing that you love so much uh i've always just been i've always been quite sporty when i was younger so i'd always played football netball and when i was 11 
one of my neighbours was a, a friend that a, a friend that I used to knock about with. He used to box, and I always remember him running up the street with a little plastic trophy, saying, "Oh, look what I won at boxing! Look what I won!" And I remember thinking, "Oh, I want a trophy." <laughs> I, wanna, I wasn't even interested in boxing. No one in my family, there's never been no interest in fighting or anything. So I, I went along at the age of 11 and I just totally fell in love with it. For me, it was more of, although it's an individual sport, I just loved being in the gym and I loved the whole, everything's a competition. Like I said, it's an individual sport, but you train together and it's like a team. So like having like, who could do the most press-ups in a minute? And I'm quite competitive, so I think that's what drew me in, you know, wanting to beat everyone. But, yeah, it just went from there, the age of 11. And before I knew it, I was 17. I was boxing for England. I got on the JB squad. So going from, you know, straight from school, really, I went to college. And then from then, I went, I got straight onto the JB squad where I was getting... I was getting paid. I was on really good money. Um, which I was getting paid to box, something that I loved. I was travelling all around the world. I, you know, I've been to probably every country you could imagine. And I'm just from a, a girl from a little you know, a scruffy estate in Hartlepool. We never had much money. The only place I ever went on holiday was like Lanzarote. Uh, it's not too bad. Marmorous. <laughs> Turkey, but then I'm, the next thing I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to America, uh, China, boxing all over the world. And yeah, like I said, it, it's before, it was just something I loved. And it's just, it's just crazy. It's just, and don't get me wrong, there's been plenty of tears, plenty of heartbreak. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, just my life. Some of me, I was having a conversation with one of my friends today, and she actually said that I'm into in. Uh, what did she call me? Intuitionalized. All right. Yeah. Which, looking back, I think I quite am. Obviously, just the way because my life is just boxing, and training, and eating right, training for a fight. And when I haven't got a fight, I kind of lose my head a little bit. <laughs> because I've got nothing to focus on, do you know what I mean? Then I get a bit erratic. But, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. But Sam, that's the vision from even probably an early age is is frightening, really, because like Savannah's mentioned there, it's just boxing, boxing, going to the gym, can I beat whoever's in the gym and just showing everybody mm. up? It, it's it's actually quite fascinating, See, isn't it, Sam? This is this is the difference between Savannah and, and me and you, Johnny. We we just <laughs> have never seen a gym in our lives and we had a post. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, sorry, you've been for a run today and now you think you missed a muscle. But this is the difference. I mean, but Savannah, was the plan always to turn pro and was was there because obviously amateur world champion, mm. you'd think that it's a logical next step, but was it always that simple or were there other options on the table other than getting punched in the face for a living? No, no, no. Um, to be honest, I only turned pro. Well, so I became a world champion um, and I was the best in the world. This was just before the uh, Olympic Games in 2012. Um, and I was only 21 at the time, just turned, and I was quite a immature 21. 
I was more about the boxing than anything else. Like I wasn't prepared for what come with it anyway. So favourite for the Olympics, ended up getting beat first round. Um, that was that. My life was over. All, all that jazz. Um, so like I said, I was still young. So I thought, right, do you know what? I'm going to stay another four years and try for Rio. So I tried for another four years, and then them four years were just was just a roller coaster for me. Um, I was winning tournaments. The next tournament, I was bowing out first round to people that couldn't even lace my boots. I was constantly injured, operations out for six months, coming back, and I totally fell out of love with the sport. I ended up hating it at one point. But bearing in mind, I was still part of Team GB and getting paid. So it wasn't a hub. Well, it wasn't so much a hobby anymore. It was a job. We were based in Sheffield, and I used to go down that. I used to go down that that A nineteen every week, and I just used to, honestly, I just used to think, was well, someone just crashing into me, so I don't have to go. That is that is how bad it got. So anyway, I ended up going to Rio yet again, bowing out first round, and I thought, you know what, I, this. This sport is just causing me more agony than anything. I don't want to box no more. So I was ready to turn it in. Um, and then a mutual contact from Mayweather Promotions got in touch with me and said, look, we want to offer you a professional contract. And for me, I was just like, oh, my God, someone someone upstairs doesn't want me to quit. This is it. I've made it. So it was with a chance to move to Las Vegas and train in the Mayweather gym and all that. So I just, how could you say no to that? So, yeah, that's how the professional uh, game started. When you look at that moment in 2012 and that moment in 2016, and you look at the success that you've had now, Savannah, why do you think there was something saying in the back of your mind, right, I've got to keep going with this, I've got to keep going with this? Was it that obviously in 2016, that obviously Floyd Mayweather and his mm. obviously promotional team getting involved? Or was it something just saying, you know what, I actually can't do very well in this sport. Maybe just need a little bit more time. No, not at all. I was totally ready to walk away. Honestly, it, boxing had caused me more heartbreak than anything else. Like I said, that four years between London and Rio was was hell for me. Um, like I said, I had three major operations. I was getting beat off people that weren't in my league and I just didn't enjoy it anymore. But it was more of, you know, you see on Instagram, Floyd Mayweather with the private jets and <laughs> the Lamborghinis and all this. I thought, oh my God, you know, I've made it. And I hadn't even, bo- I hadn't even boxed yet. I thought, oh, this is it. Get, I'll be knocking about with Floyd. So it was just more of, well, I was that because thinking boxing's all I'd done. So quitting and walking away, be like, well, what do I do now? I've I've got no job experience. Do you know who's going to employ, employ someone who's got, oh, I boxed. I've boxed for <laughs> 10 years on the CV. <laughs> I'd like, I, I'd like I'd, I think I'd only get a job as a bouncer or. <laughs> Well, I've yeah. heard about the Hartlepool nightlife, so uh, I think yeah. I think you'd I think you'd be all right, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam, when was the last time you uh, hung, hung around with uh, Floyd Mayweather? Uh, <laughs> oh, me and me and Floyd go way back. Obviously, we regularly drive our Lamborghinis down many places. Just it's just a daily occurrence. That's that's just a normal Wednesday for me. No, never met Floyd. Obviously. <laughs> 
But um, Savannah, your amateur career wasn't as as kind of you, you're downplaying it quite a lot. You're still an amateur world champion, and and you have a quite a unique record in that you're the only person to beat Clarissa Shields, who obviously is the main woman in in the division. How proud are you of that stat? And and how? I mean, I bet you can't wait to get into the ring with her again in in the pro game when it's all on the line. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, obviously, women's professional boxing is still quite new. So, for me and her to fight again, that would be the biggest fight in female martial art history. You know, you had the likes of uh, Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. Like, look how big that was. But here, it's something that is genuine and it's been going on now for eight years. Do you know what I mean? And Obviously, I'm not as... Me and Clarissa have total different personalities, but she likes to play the baddie. Do you know what I mean? She likes to reply personally to everyone on Twitter. and So, that, do you know, that that's her that's thing. And I think, do you know, like I said, she plays the baddie, which is sometimes like what Floyd Mayweather used to do. A lot more people used to tune in to see him get beat yeah. uh, than win. But, like I said, it's... Um, it's it's a big big fight and a general rivalry that people are interested in seeing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean I hope it can happen in the UK and when there's crowds back mm. in because I am there. I am there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not missing that for anything. That is uh, and and Clarissa was at it straight away as you say as soon as <laughs> oh, as was. soon as you got the stoppage on ranking, she was oh, bang on Twitter. Oh no, she She's was absolutely relentless. But you weren't to know that at the time, and you still got the stoppage, bang, turned to camera, boom, world champion, or something like that. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this no, is because it was just, there was just, for me, there was, since I always knew that, I've, I've always knew I was good enough, but I've just never had a chance to show people. And for me, it's, I've always said it's like, wrong place, wrong time. Like I said, there, tempo, and I thought, wow, this is it. My name up in light, and it never happened. I ended up splitting with Floyd Mayweather after one fight, and I come back to the UK. I had a couple of fights on Channel 5, which boxing fans don't really watch Channel 5, do you know what I mean? It's more mm. BT, Sky. So anyway, I signed with Eddie last year, Matchroom. I had two fights with them, but even still, it was like... When am I going to get me like that chance? And then, obviously, two weeks before my fight with Hannah, um, we're in the bubble all ready to go. Four days before, Peter tests positive for COVID. And then again, I thought, look, just had to happen to me. <laughs> you know, there's 800 people have been tested, and I think two people had tested positive. And because I'd been around Peter, even though I was negative, I wasn't allowed to fight. So, Driving home, me and Peter were in the car driving home and I could tell he was gutted and I just said, look, Peter, don't worry about it because I wouldn't want no one else here apart from you. And it's, it's just the way it is. I just don't question it. But luckily enough, they managed to get me on the next show possible, which was with the U6 Chisara Bill, which was a, uh, sorry, a pay-per-view event, bigger platform. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to get on it, but it all depended on whether 
Peter tested negative. And five days later, he tested negative, which was just crazy. So, like I said, I just don't question it. And I thought, someone up there wanted me to be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that relationship with we're going to talk about that relationship with Peter uh, very, very shortly. But I just want to quickly go back onto Eddie Hearn because obviously mm. it feels like everybody wants to sign for Matchroom at the menace. And yes. now he says, I want you. How does that feel? Well, it was just great. But for me, I owe a lot of it being from the northeast down to Lewis Ritson because Lewis Ritson brought boxing back to the northeast. Lewis Ritson brought, brought Eddie to the northeast. So a lot of us boxers have Lewis to thank because without him, Eddie wouldn't be up here putting shows on. So like I said, I, I seen I seen two two shows at the the uh Timo is it the T Mobile? It's changed now, isn't it? Um you'll know better than me, Sam. Uh what's it called now? Well, it used to be in the Metro. Metro oh, Utility. Yeah. 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 So I've I seen two big shows there and I thought, you know, I want a piece of that. I want to be a part of that. And then um, obviously Eddie signed me. And yeah, me, me, me fighting Newcastle in October last year was just unbelievable. Honestly, I've never... That is probably up there walking out in front of all them. Geordies. Going crazy. I had a good slot as well. I was on at nine o'clock and it was just wow. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I couldn't for me I was I was still a little bit like, oh my god, these people know who I am. And that is gen that is genuine, yeah. I was like, wow. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. Sam, we've spoken to Chris Doby and he obviously is a darts player who has managed to play in front of a big crowd at the Utility Arena. Um, in Newcastle, and he absolutely loved it. His like half an hour of fame or forty minutes of fame, whatever it is. Mm. And Savannah has now experienced that. Sam, yeah, we can only dream of that experience, but it must be so <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, honestly, I felt like I floated to the ring. That's <laughs> that's how it, that that is how good it is. I, th I think, obviously, Chris spends a whole lot less time in the gym than Savannah being a dark player. You won't mind me saying that. But that, that northeast atmosphere is really something special, isn't it? I mean, I think that night where Lewis Ritson was on the bill and I think Josh Kelly was headlining it, but the atmosphere for Lewis was absolutely incredible. As we yes. get up there, you, you, you left us for a minute there, Savannah, but we didn't panic. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that that night um, when uh, Lewis walked out and the Toon Toon Black and White Army, that I think that's as Savannah referenced, that's what brought Eddie Hearn and Matchroom back up to the northeast. Would you prefer Savannah, Clarissa Shields at the Utilita or even St James's Park, or Clarissa Shields in Vegas, uh, or Utilita? <laughs> because like see a lot of people say but forgetting I've done that America thing yeah. I have boxed there yeah. even a lot of me boxing friends in the gym the, the dream is to go to America and box in America but for me I'm like I've done it I've ticked it off it doesn't really well this is the thing because obviously for people who don't know your pro debut was on the undercard of Mayweather McGregor and 
Is it, is it true? Because I heard um, on the commentary of your fight the other week, was it true you got kicked out of the venue before the main event? So I got I got given three tickets and my mum, my dad, my sister, my auntie, there was about 15 of them come over and I'd only got given three tickets and the price of them was extortionate and like I said, we don't have a lot of money. So I give these three tickets to my mum, dad and my sister. So I was I was on fest, so I was on about four o'clock. There was about 20 people in the whole arena. It was dead. There was actually a, a group of lads and lasses from uh, Houghton the Spring. So they're cheering me on. So there was, about, there was about 20 people in the arena. And then after... I'd got after I'd fought, I'd come back and within half an hour security there ushering us out the building and we were like, Well look, we wanna watch we wanna watch the fight and they were like, Well where's your where's your tickets? I was like, Well, I've given them to my mum, dad and sister. They're like, No, well they're your tickets to get into the arena. I was like, Well you're joking, I've just boxed and they were like, No, you've got to get out. So literally me and my two coaches went to go and watch it in a pub over the road. Well, my mum, dad and sister wanted to leave after my fight. So they were like, well, we'll just swap. We'll just give you the ticket and you could come in. Security wouldn't let them. So my mum, dad and no. sister sat there, sat there all night. They didn't even want to be there. I was like, you can't leave. You've got to watch the fight. They didn't even want to be there. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. But it's, I, I can't help but laugh about it. I'm so sorry, but that's just incredible. You just you fought on the bill. And then, probably hours later, that's it. I'll say, like, if you, that that just shows how big yeah. that whole event was. Obviously, you talk about the prices. I think I saw a video with the, actually another YouTuber who managed to sneak in and got a. You managed to sit in a hundred grand seat. You might have nicked your seat to be honest with you, Savannah. That night. <laughs> but, um, I don't think mine was the hundred grand one. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know how he managed to sneak in. But he was. It was like um, like almost like a military operation to get in, and that's I, I find that incredible. But. Um, what was the experience yeah, like yeah. around to be with Floyd? Did he give you any tips going forward, as in, in your boxing career before? Obviously, the split, which, you, which you've said on numerous interviews before, and it, it was a, it was a fine split. It was a good split. Um, not not really. I think uh, what was this with Floyd? He's such a big pet, like name. It's so hard to get near him. And when you think I'm not, I, I did I did meet him. To be fair. And there was one story where during the fight week, um, I was in the hotel room asleep and I, my phone was buzzing. It was three o'clock in the morning. It was my manager. And I thought, oh, I'm not answering that. And I just put it on silent. And then the next morning, I'd seen him and he was like, I was trying to call you last night. Um, Floyd wanted you to come to the um, Floyd wanted you to come to the gym and watch him train. And I thought. I just went, oh, I was asleep. I thought, three o'clock in the morning. I thought, I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning. I'll watch any of But I thought, like, I thought, three o'clock in the morning. I thought, oh, no, thanks. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's just, I think he, he's quite peculiar. Isn't it? I think he, he, he trains at, like, daft o'clock in the morning, but it's very, like, I think he tells people ten minutes before and everyone has to, do you know, get ready and go to the gym. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? But um, no, it was just it was just a great insight to think, like, to see how the sport worked and the business side of it. 
hundred percent, and that's just part and parcel yeah. of it now, isn't it, Sam? And um, boxing is becoming huge; it's becoming massive. And yeah. it's you're talking about obviously, you've talked about Joshua versus Fury. That's a fight like, that's going to happen eventually. Um, how big is boxing right now? Do you think, Sam? Well, it's one of the few sports that have kept going and kept going through this through this year. I mean, credit to Matt Room and Eddie who've been. You know, they did shows in his back garden for a month. I mean, brilliant ingenuity. But um, do you feel now you are with Matchroom, Savannah, that everything's settled and in place to really push on and push forward now that you've, you know, everything seems to be in place for you? I, I do. Well, I hope now that going off that performance uh, last week, last weekend gone, I hope now, yeah, because... Like I just said there, it's a business. And mm. when I turned pro, I was very naive and I thought it was as simple as, right, I'm going to fight for this belt and then I'll fight for that belt. And then, you know, I'll, I'll try and get a fight in Newcastle. But it's honestly, it's it's not like that at all. It's a business, like I said. And if you're not making your promoter money, then you're not going to get a fight, which I totally get because, do you know, why would someone, why would anyone, do you know, just, put money in here so they're not getting the getting it back. So going off that performance, I do hope that that has put me in good stead in that I can be a lot more active than what I have been. Because like I said, I've always felt like it's been wrong place, wrong time for me. So I, I do hope things do start to change for me now. Have you spoke to Eddie since fight night and have you kind of started planning going forward and getting the date ready for your next fight? Um, not not me personally, but my team has been in contact with Eddie, and like I said, I'm hoping to get out February March time. Do you know who your opponent will be? Sorry, Sam. No, 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 not not right, not at the moment. Now, will you be aiming for Clarissa or just another? Uh, have you got a kind of voluntary um, defence in mind? No, no. Uh, I, me, me and Clarissa will fight next year. I do know 100% that will happen. I don't know. It's looking unlikely. Um, at the minute, Clarissa's going down a, a different path. Um, I know she's featuring on the one of Dana White shows, the UFC. Uh, Bill, so, I, like I said, I, I'm not too sure where it'll be starting next year, but 100% it'll be sometime next year. Yeah, well, that is just going to be the fight of, well, the biggest fight in female boxing, simply just just putting it out there. But let's talk about the, the night, um, obviously, just very, very recently in the late October. Um, that victory, obviously, that we're under mm. uh, Chisori Usyk, undercard, uh, uh, choose undercard, normal card, rather, I should say. Uh, beat mm-hmm. Hannah Rankin as well, which you've mentioned. Just before the actual fight itself, Savannah, the build-up, how much pressure do you put yourself under in fights? Even though you, you thought you probably had enough to beat uh, the like, opponents in front of you, what, why, what is your particular ritual that you have to do going into fights? <clears throat> Since I turned, like I said, I didn't want to turn pro. I wasn't interested. So for me, this is all just a bonus. And since I've turned pro, I've never... I don't get nervous. There's there's no pressure on me. Even even before this, even now I'm a world champion because it, it's it's all a bonus. I I didn't want. I never had dreams of of doing this, and 
going back to my amateur days, I was the girl that was sick before I used to box. I was honestly, I, I was that bad. I was the girl that, um, you know, used never used to want people to come watch me because, you know, I, w- I was worried about letting them down and things like that. My dad used to travel all over the world, and I used to, Dad, please don't come, don't spend your money, you know, because I was that worried about getting beat in front of them. But honestly, now, like I said, there's, there's I couldn't care less. It doesn't, you know, I, I I'm that in love with the sport at the minute. I love training and I love I love learning and maybe this is a little bit of Peter Fury rubbing off on me. But <laughs> like I said, it's, it's it's this is all just a bonus for me. So how important has Peter been for your career, Savannah? Because from an outside looking in, it just seems like he's an absolute genius and obviously masterminded mm-hmm. fantastic victories in the past. Obviously the Tyson um against Vladimir Klitschko in in Germany springs to mind. Just how much of an influence is he on your career and particularly since you turned pro? Oh, massive. I can, I can tell you loads of stories, but one of them, like I said, I'm, I'm still am really competitive and I used to have to want to win everything, even now. There's me and only me and Huey in the gym and I try to beat Huey, even at weights, and he's a heavyweight. I like... <laughs> But it's sparring. I used to be really bad in the fact that I used to have to win every spar. And even if I'd get caught with a, with a, a punch or whatever, I used to go back on a night and sit and chill myself up and beat myself up. And with Peter, Peter's like, no, look, I don't care if you get beat up. I just want to see you get that jab off. I just want to see you, you know, do this move or whatever. And I think that's where a lot of the learning process has come from and a lot of the pressure because if you're wanting to, I mean, what is a spa? If you're wanting to win a spa, you know, who cares? Who's the, you know, you're gonna you're gonna forget about that spa next week yourself. So he is he is very influential. And like I said, it even the you know, the build up for this fight, he was like, How are you feeling? What are you thinking about? You know, is it, are you feeling any pressure? Do you know, right, well, why why are you feeling like that? You shouldn't be feeling like that. There's no worry about, do you know what I mean? Like little little, little things like that. So, yeah, he, he has got a big part to play, Peter. Is he the best trainer in the game right now? In the professional game, um, for me, yeah, 100%. Um, Peter has changed my... I was your typical amateur boxer, hands up round your head. I remember there was, you know, I'd, I posted today because uh, one of my first sessions with Peter on the pads, he said, right, go Southpaw. And I'm like, Peter, I can't go Southpaw. I'd never, honestly, you'd think I had over 100 amateur fights and I'd never, ever <laughs> been taught to go Southpaw. And I was, he went, go Southpaw. I was like, and it, I was horrific. I was crap. <laughs> I remember looking in the mirror. He had me, I was in the mirror switching up Southpaw and I remember looking and thinking, I'm just going to get knocked out here. Honestly, that's how bad I was. In hours on the pads and in, in the mirror. And you could see that in my fight with Hannah, I was switching up you know, fluently and it was something I wasn't even thinking about. So he's, he's definitely uh, worked wonders with me and I'd, uh, he is a brilliant coach. Yeah, I mean... 
I saw that post you put out today, and 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 in your fight against ranking, you just wouldn't have known. It just goes to show that the hours in the gym pay off. Are you like you referenced it before? How competitive you are in the gym, but um, how are you? How motivated when it, are you when it comes to gym work? Because I remember hearing old interviews of like Muhammad Ali, and he hated gym work. He was terrible in the gym, but when it came, it all clicked when it came to fight night. Are you that way inclined, or do you enjoy the daily routine of of going through camp? No, I, I like it. Like I said, like going back to what my friend said about me being institutionalised. It's all I've ever done. Like I've had a week off, and I've been back in the gym this week because <laughs> I don't do nothing else. Honestly, like. I've had a week of being a slob, eating loads of sugar, and I've just felt awful. And like, you know, as soon as I start training, I feel good about. I like it. I like I like keeping fit and I like training. So no, I love, I lo- I love the training part. <laughs> How intense is the training? Like for someone that, say, for someone that's never ever done twelve, is it twelve weeks you have to do roughly about a, a train before yeah, you get, ten, into, ten, get into the ring weeks, properly? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have to do? What is it from the very first week to the last week? How do you get into that, basically, that mindset, but obviously and physically as well, of being a professional boxer and wanting to win? And how does it all work, briefly, maybe? <laughs> Sorry, can I just, just two seconds, I just have to go and get my charge because I don't want this to go off. Yeah, I mean, so we'll continue. Well, obviously, survive. even world champions can forget to charge their phone. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, Sam, that, that 12, 10 to 12 weeks, obviously, Savannah will go in a bit more detail what she did in particular of the last fight. But you just you hear some of the stories. It's not like I'm not it's, honestly, it's not like it used to be where you run up steps and you know, you've done 12 steps and that's enough. It's 4am starts potentially and massive runs and like the nutrition side of it as well must be extremely tough yeah the nutrition side is something i think we would struggle with money i mean that that means just no nothing that's nice essentially and and the work that goes into fight night that no one sees is just must be horrendous i've never even set foot in a gym and the the thought terrifies me but to, to to think about going ten to twelve weeks just to prepare for one night is very um, a very scary thought for a uh, an overweight thirty one year old father of two. <laughs> so, so Savannah, very obviously, I know you've obviously just got yourself sorted there. What is that ten to twelve weeks before the fight like? How is the preparation? It is it it is brutal. It is um. So obviously Huey's training for I think Huey's boxing December. So he's 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 midway through his camp and today I seen him this morning and he was like, Oh Savannah, I'm just aching and I looked at him and said, Do you know what Huey? I felt like that for the past twelve weeks. <laughs> I was like, So I've got no sympathy. But um no, it it, it is brutal, it is hard. Um and look I I go go through packs and packs of new with him. No, that that is how like you know your body just aches and you know, it's, it's it 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 is a uh, it is grueling but like I said it's it's all worth it because it's fight week there's no better thing you know even after my fight I didn't go to bed at four o'clock in the morning because I was just <laughs> sat with a smile from the octocock eating a hamburger 
Cardio-wise, would you prefer, because I've noticed there's a bit of a debate with women's boxing at the minute, because I remember Shannon Courtney coming out saying she would prefer three-minute round. Is that something you'd go along with, or are you kind of happy with two minutes? Because I think an extra minute would, wouldn't half give you a chance to land a few more shots and get them out there quicker. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. The only thing I would say about threes and twos, I think people are more interested in female boxing because it is two minutes. Like, I'm a professional boxer and I get bored watching the men. Three minutes is a long time and it's boring. <laughs> Honestly, when there's nothing going on, it's like, it's, it's, I feel like turning the channel over. Whereas with the women, it's like, intense because there's only two minutes so yeah you, you have to go at it hammering tongs so i feel like in that way it benefits the women because a lot more people are intrigued by the action but from what you've just said yeah you can get a lot more done in three minutes um yeah <laughs> I suppose when you when you say it like that, I never thought of it like that. I thought you may, might want to go for three minutes because obviously that you get that extra minute to try and see if you can get a little bit more out of the fight. I suppose, but I think that's a really good point though because it, it, I suppose it almost has you almost have to impress the judges even quicker because again, some of your wins, not many of them by the way, seven knockouts in the nine professional wins, but you, when you've got to impress the judges. You know, you you have to basically show as much as you have in as little a time as possible. Does that ever? Do you ever think about that? About that in the back of your mind at all? Yeah, it's 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 easier to get away with with ten rounds. But like the likes of, I remember Sharon Courtney making a point of, do you know, when you're boxing four rounds or six, you only have to win three or two to get a draw. Yeah, that, 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 again, that is it's it's fascinating because if you don't have a good start, Sam, then that's like I say, the fight's nearly over, especially if it's like six round fights, as Savannah mentioned. But um, it only took it to the seventh round uh, to get the obviously the the TKO, and obviously when the referee waves it away, you're thinking that's it, I've done it. Um, Sam, when you're watching, when you were watching the fight, at what yeah. point did you think that Savannah had it won? Um... In, I almost scored the first round a draw and then Savannah won every round after that for me so I mean the good thing the one good thing about no crowd is you can hear what's said in the corner so Peter wasn't telling you to do anything specific all he was saying was you're boxing beautifully keep going pretty much wasn't he but so <laughs> you had it won at a canter I mean it, it, it was you, you made it look well, ridiculously easy against someone who's never been stopped before. When did you think you had it won, Savannah? Um, sorry, say that again. As I say, when did you think you had it won in your own, in, in the fight? Was it the third round, fourth round? When did you think, like, I've, I'm, I'm on top of it, I know exactly what I'm doing here. I just need to basically make sure my timing's perfect. Um. I think, well, the reason for, for, for starting slower was to not find me range more because mm. with the likes of Hannah, you know, because she's durable and, like I said, she is tough. So if I was to go out there and first round hit her with everything I've got, she, she'll know what I've 
don't know what's coming. So that's when you could some boxers kind of go into survival mode and cover up. And you know, like I said, they know what's coming. But when you start off slower and find your range better, you know, the 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 opponent kind of thinks, oh well, do you know, isn't it that hard? And then gets a bit more brave, where you know maybe they'll come a bit closer or you know uh, stand there a bit too too longer. But for me, it was kind of after the the the, the fourth round. I remember catching her with a couple of shots and. She was making a couple of noises, and that's that is probably due to like there being no crowd. That was a lot more easier here. But you know that there that you know when you know when you've heard someone. So it was, it was one of them. But like you just touched on there, I remember going back to the car and Peter was like, "Right, you're halfway through," and I thought, "Oh my god!" You know, I was, like I felt like I've only been in the ring two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually that. To be fair, like I say, it, like, obviously I've never been able to be a professional boxer, even an amateur boxer. But I, I can't imagine what it's like those two or three minutes, depending on obviously who you're fighting, what you're doing. But that it must be so intense. But Sam, obviously, obviously after this moment, now we've got to see what happens in the future of Savannah. And we've mentioned that it's like the next two to three years could be absolutely incredible for her in the future. Um, do you do you think that she probably underestimates how well she's done so far? Uh, to be a world champion after just nine fights and stopping someone who's never been stopped before, <laughs> with the bo- the boxing the boxing world is her oyster at the moment, isn't it? Um, what is the kind of like Clarissa Shields aside because that's there's more to boxing your career than just her. Is the plan to ultimately unify at middle or you can move up you can move down because I've, I've read in interviews before that you, you don't have problem making weight at all so where where are you most comfortable is, is it at middle or would you rather go up or down um well in the amateurs it used to be well it was always 75 kilo i boxed up and in the pros that that weight doesn't exist in the pros. It's seventy-two to, you know, seventy-six point eight. So I've never been a big super middle, although I've got the height. You know, I'm I'm, I'm quite lean, and like you said, there I can do middle, but for me, yeah, you know, like I said, I can, I can go between middle and super middle. It doesn't really bother me. And the plans for the future, I'm I'm twenty-nine now, and I, I've been boxing since I was 11 so really for me I've always said I don't want to be one of them you know one of them boxers that's you know late for late late 30s still slugging away Um, and I'd also I've got I'd I'd love to have a family as well and I I don't want to I would never I would never want to box and have children I know some people do when it works for them but for me I would I just I would never I put it this way, I could never like juggle children and go to the gym. I turn full time now when I feel like I've got nothing else. I've got like I've got no other time for anything else, even though it's all I do. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've got I've got ambitions that I'd love. I'd like to do other things in life. So really, for me, I, you know, t- probably two 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 years of job, you know, proper my foot down. You know, unifying and 
there's some nice belts. I mean, that WBO isn't my favourite one. <laughs> I must say, the colour isn't. Uh, it's bright pink, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sorry. The, the WBO is bright pink, isn't it? So, uh, would you rather have the nice um, green and gold WBC one? Do you know what I like? I like the ring one, and that I think yeah. that's when you know that you're up there when you're in the ring belt. Yeah, that that's obviously that. Hopefully, we pray that you obviously get what you want in terms of you know, the further successes in the future with uh, with your boxing career. Just very briefly, obviously, we are Newcastle fans, team, but we're going to touch a little bit, maybe very briefly, on uh, the football side of it. And um, what have you made of Newcastle in general, Savannah? Really, I think obviously it's uh, been one of those starts of the season that you just kind of call, obviously, with everything going on with COVID, but. Um, more or less a steady start with a couple of hiccups, would you have to say? Um, I think it's 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 one of them things. I think it's a bit quite similar to the boxing where so when I thought it was a bit surreal, you know, like I said, walking out to thousands of people and then walking into an arena where there is no one. Do you know, so you know, I, I can imagine where players aren't performing because it, it, it probably just feels like a friendly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But, um, yeah, I, 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 it, it is what it is, isn't it? It's just, like I said, uh, who can really get the red on when, you know, fans aren't screaming and things like that. That is a big thing, Sam, isn't it? The fact that fans aren't there and Savannah's very right. It does feel a little yeah. different, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get back up to St. James's, but God knows when that's going to be now. It's just horrendous. I mean, the novelty's kind of wore off now, that with no crowd noise, you can kind of hear the players having a go at each other and you can hear instructions. That, that, the fun of that kind of wore off for me by the end of last season. So I, I'm, I'm ready to, I don't know about you, Donnie, but I'm ready to get back into St. James's as soon as possible. As soon as possible, for sure. Uh, just very, just finally, Savannah, if you could potentially have a boxing fight at St. James's, just because obviously it's obviously a bigger capacity, um, do you think that you could potentially do that in the next two years before you obviously maybe want to do other things uh, in later life? percent but that's uh that's that that's loose bits and stomping grounds so <laughs> put it that way i'd love to be on lewis, lewis is undercard lewis in a massive uh you know massive world title fight and like i said I, I, that that that's his dream isn't it so I'd, I'd love to be on love to be on his undercard um because to be honest he could probably feel that now Oh yeah, easily. He's a he's a brilliant ticket seller and exciting. so yeah, like I said, I'd 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 love to be I'd love to share that his dream, put it that way, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to end things, Sam. To share to share a dream for maybe you see Lewis Ritson and Savannah Marshall, of course, both winning a, a big belts in the future, hopefully. The Northeast crowd, the Geordies, they love they love their sport, they come out for their own and that place would be rocking the day that uh, a Ritz and Marshall double header at St James's Park. I'll be there. I think every, I think a lot of people will be there. Savannah, it's been an absolute pleasure 
having you on the Agreement and Mullen Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. I can only say a big thank you to, to your team as well for getting this interview sorted as well. So a big thanks to everybody involved. But um, yeah, all we can say on behalf of myself and Sam is all the very best of luck. Bring the belts home and um, just the very best of luck in all your future fights. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, Sam, I'll let you have the last word on this before we finish off. Um, you're the you're the more of a boxing man than myself, and you've said so. We'll see. You'd like to see Savannah take them all on, but um, where, like I say, how far do you think this girl can go? Wherever she wants, right to the top. There's no reason. She's the most talented female fighter in the world. She can do whatever she wants. And again, I'm not just saying that because she could batter me with one arm tied behind her back. It, it, it is what it, and I want that Clarissa Shields fight in the UK, so I will be there, without a doubt. Sam will be there. I hope I'll be there if I can get a ticket. But I hope all of you that are watching the uh, podcast or listening via all our podcast stations, uh, iTunes, Podomatic, uh, Spotify, you name it, we pretty much got it. But a big thanks to Savannah again. My thanks to Sam, as always. And we'll see you all very, very soon.